theater watches in a week last week because it was thanksgiving we had a lot of time Damn. on our hands and uh, yes yeah that's just kind of the way it was and there was a lot of movies that just kind of either hit or are in theaters right now that i haven't seen i was kind of browsing the listings i'm like oh my god there's actually a ton of stuff going. to watch right yeah. now um the first movie I'm going to talk about is uh, Eli Roth's Thanksgiving, which I went and saw yes. with my mom and my sister because they both wanted to see it really bad. And, um, and you know, it's a thing. Which a, is a long time coming, right? It is a long time coming. It's been in production. I mean, he, he's been writing this since, I think I heard, like, since the Grindhouse movies. Like, he's had this idea to do wow. it. Um, but then it wasn't, it didn't actually come into fruition until the last couple of years. But yeah, I mean, this is a new Eli Roth horror movie, which we haven't seen since Hostel 2, I want to say in the early 2000s, which yeah. is kind of crazy. And if you know anything about Eli Roth, like his whole jam is the gore, like his storytelling can get a little interesting, like cabin fever and stuff, but you can always count on the gore. And this movie lived up to the hype of that, like a hundred percent. Um, it's not the greatest movie, but it also is exactly what you want it to be or exactly what I wanted it to be. Um, yeah. And it's, you know, it takes place in Massachusetts and people are putting it on thick in this movie to the point where I was like, Ooh, some of you have this and some of you really don't like Patrick Dempsey goes in and out, uh, on this one, but in terms of accent, in stuff, terms of or, accents. Oh no. Um, but there's a lot of good stuff, you know, a lot of references to everything, everything we already know. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's pretty simple. It's about the aftermath of a Black Friday disaster where people get trampled at a mall and the killer comes back to seek vengeance upon the parties that he believes are responsible. And it's pretty cut and dry and simple. But again, when the gore starts, you're like, yeah, this is what I came for. It is, <laughs> Here we go. It's yeah. <laughs> really uh, ingenious the way he uses Thanksgiving as like a kind of a like a backdrop for this entire thing. So yeah, I mean, Thanksgiving, it's a really decent, just three-star, good-time horror movie that's like 90 minutes, and yeah, if that's what you're nice. looking for, <laughs> I'd say I'd say give it a shot. All right, all right. Yeah. I want to talk, uh, starting off this week, um, with Monarch, oh. the, the new Apple TV show uh, of the MonsterVerse with Godzilla and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. Monarch Legacy of Monsters, uh, starring Kurt Russell and Wyatt Russell as the same character. Um, yeah. This show is pretty fucking good. Yeah. Um, it is like it has a lot of the similar kind of vibes as the original Godzilla, mm. um, where it's focused a lot more on the people. And there are there are monsters in it, but it's very few and far between, mm. um, which I think pretty much obviously for uh, production cost kind of things. But the monsters that are in it thus far um, are pretty epic. Um, Godzilla looks great. Yeah. And I will say they play the back and forth between the two timelines. So one takes, there's two timelines going on, one in the present and one in, I want to say like the 50s or 60s. Oh. Um, and hence Wyatt Russell and Kurt Russell yeah. playing the same character at different times. Makes sense. And they go back and forth between them pretty well mm -hmm. um and each is kind of informing the story that's going on you know so it's like we'll go back to the 60s for a bit and then come back to now mm -hmm. and it's comes into play and like it the story is is solid there yeah and it's like 
a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, like the acting's pretty great in it. Um, you know, outside of the Russells, like everybody else in it is, is doing great. Um and I'm having a lot of fun. They they pulled off they <laughs> Apple's a son of a bitch because yeah. they released the first three episodes on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, or on the Friday after, maybe I don't remember specifically. Yeah, but, recently. Um, but they did the thing that they do where they put the fourth one there mm-hmm. and then it says coming Friday. Oh. or coming Thursday. And so I'm just kind of like Jess and I got for, through the first three yeah. and we were like on to the fourth one. Cause it's like, we're binging a big moment at the end of the third one. Yeah. Uh, and then there was nothing and we cried. So, <laughs> Oh God, I literally have not been more disheartened about not being able to watch another episode of a show in a while. Yeah. So. Oh God. Wait. So the fourth episode still hasn't dropped at all. Still has to, I want to say, well, it will have dropped by the time this, this episode, episode comes out, out yeah. but yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. As of recording, I've only seen the three. Right. But you're hooked. They did it. They did exactly am, what they were supposed to. I am to. hooked. <laughs> like, here we well, go. Well, more to the point, though, Jess is hooked. Yeah. And my mom is hooked and my aunt is hooked. Wow. Which, you know, are not three people. This is, that's a weird. I was going to say not three people you see on the same side of the coin a lot, but that's not true at all. But not three people I would imagine are excited about a Godzilla monster show. Yeah, a show, let alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh man, so. I'm gonna have to check this out. It looked good, and and with Apple, and we might talk about this in the future. But Apple's whole thing is so much different than everyone else because they're mm-hmm. not they're con- they're literally concerned with the quality of the show and the movies. Like they're yes. not concerned with how much money things make because like who cares? It's Apple. They're a trillion dollar company. Um, so that's that's really interesting and heartening to hear about that because I had no idea. Like who knows? Godzilla. It's apparently really hard to make Godzilla stuff good. So. <laughs> I don't know. It's also, it's interesting. I texted you um, when I started watching it because we got to the end of the third episode yeah. and I was like, I want more. I want to watch Godzilla or, you know, King of the Monsters or Kong or whatnot. Yeah. And all of those have been scrubbed right. from Max. Um, but I noticed this morning, actually, they've all shown up on Netflix now. Oh. Except for Godzilla versus Kong. Sure. But, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but still. Mm. Interesting. So. I just caught it in a weird middle moment, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I wonder if Apple even does licensing like that at all. That's really interesting. Well, I, it's Warner Brothers and Max that own the larger. I know, but I'm like franchise. Could yeah, Apple? it's a it's a weird rights discussion. I feel like going on here. Right. I I wonder if Apple could have swooped in and and picked the rights up for a couple months. Like they've never done that. So yeah, I'm just I'm just. I don't know. I want to, I'm just confused as why this is not on, uh, on max. Max. Yeah. Yeah. Very odd. Very strange. Warner brothers. Yeah. I, uh, I got to talk about a dream scenario, which I saw, uh, the Sunday that I got back from Thanksgiving. It was the perfect, like nice chill, uh, chill ish. Um, you know, quieter indie film. I'm like, I just, I just need something that's lighter. And this is light ish. Although it, is far more like horror oriented than I was expecting going into it because I just really? I just didn't really understand. But it makes sense because this movie directed by uh, Christopher Borgley starring Nick Cage as like, you know, the schmucky college professor who's semi down on his luck sort of because of his own doing and sort of because of society and all of those things who then starts showing up in people's dreams. Um, and it is really strange really funny and really really of the moment and it's you know 
a meditation on fame and cancel culture and going viral and like the virality of like how in a split second someone can go from no one to everyone knowing who they are in a matter of moments and what Mm -hmm. you do with that after the fact and whether or not that's a good thing or not for you and i loved this movie i thought this was exactly what it should have been um it's you know again a little bit more disturbing i would say than i was expecting but it makes sense Hmm. because dreams nightmares it all coincides sure um but it is really unusual and I, I hesitate to say brilliant, but it, I think it's pretty brilliant the way that it was constructed. And I don't know, man, I can't wait for you to see this movie because it's really just, yeah, yeah it is something else. And Nick Cage is like, he's one of those guys that lives and dies by the material. And when you mm-hmm. get something like this or Mandy or pig or adaptation, like you, you get a really special kind of Nick Cage and he was perfect yeah. for this role. He does the, subdued nick cage but he also gets to do the insanity nick cage on all different levels which is just perfect um and i i thought this was a fantastic movie (laughs) like i really did nice a nice solid four-star movie um yeah nice yeah i really want to see that one i mean it's weird because i feel like nick cage has always been kind of like back and forth like oh one that's really fucking good and then one that you're like okay you know the quintessential one for him one for them yeah kind of thing but i feel like recently they've been coming way faster oh yeah like i don't know what he's doing but he is cranking out movies like i can think of like five that came out in the last 12 months like that's nuts (laughs) yeah but it's good to hear him i feel like and he's like really going for it too i feel like there's a while there where he was just kind of like i'm I'm making stuff whatever lots of paycheck jobs yeah yeah I feel like there's a new, a renewed passion for Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Um, speculative, but that's exciting. It seems like it. But again, like he's also like picking projects that are so much more in his lane. And Dream Scenario is exact, like, it's exactly what you want it to be again. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> uh, and yeah. So nice. Um, I do want to call out one small thing that I watched real quick. I'm mm. like not even counting this as one of mine, but I watched a documentary called Film the Living Record of Our Memory. Oh, yeah. Um, which is something that I, offhandedly put on my watch list a while back and that was this was my 7 a.m movie this week um and it's all about film archiving and film preservation and lost films and and finding that kind of stuff and it's really fascinating Mm. it really makes me want to like it like it's so good at telling the story of why it's important to um preserve this stuff yeah there are other concerns i have with like the structure of the film but like sure that that central message comes across loud and clear and i'm just like oh god i want to be a film archivist <laughs> i was going to say now begins the um, next half of your career yeah yeah that'd be wild um but so that's you know solid three stars fun watch yeah. um not not heavy you know something you could watch over a couple uh viewings but yeah. i also watched uh missing yes the sequel the unofficial sequel to uh searching mm-hmm. um I feel bad. I kind of tricked Jess into not knowing that this movie exist existed oh. um, because I didn't want to like at the time. I think I, I said this before. Yeah. When we watched searching, I didn't want to immediately watch missing. Um, but then she spotted it on my watch list and she was like, why doesn't, why don't those things go away when you watch them? And I said, they do. And she, so she went, what the hell is missing then? <laughs> 
caught red-handed. Um, caught red-handed. But it was time. It was, I mean, and this movie is great. Again, yeah. I mean, similar thing I said around searching, like you lose yourself in the gimmick. Yeah. Um, after five, ten minutes. Um, if that, yeah. If that, I, and I, I 100%, I'm glad you had reviewed and said, like, watch um, how this younger woman uses her computer versus how it's John used Cho, in the first yeah. one. John Cho uses them. Um, because it's totally true. Uh, and I mean, just the, the, the translation scene alone is like crazy. Yeah. Um, but I will say, I think this is of the two, the stronger. Mm. I found this a little bit more engaging. I found myself more on the edge of my seat. Yeah. And I don't think this one, I think, there were times in searching where they didn't quite know how to show what they wanted to. Ah. So it kind of fell to like news broadcasts or things like that. And this does that too, but I think it was more intentional and less like, how do we convey this plot point through a screen? Mm. And I will just say, this is not spoilers, but the end thing with Siri like gave me chills and I keep thinking about it. Yeah. So I don't know. I love that movie. I'm so glad I watched it. Um, you know, it's weird to see um, uh, Daniel Henney um, as Agent Park get such high billing. Yeah. In this because he's not really in it that much. I know. I know. <laughs> um, but I mean, Storm Reed carries this. She's incredible. Um, you know, it's just excellent. Ken Long. The, this movie is... Um it's good and and the great thing about it too is that it's actually surprising like there's no like when the turns happen and there's a couple i was i saw this in a theater and i was like oh my god like what what is happening like i genuinely had no idea what was going to happen towards the end because they're wrong footing you constantly and and obviously it's told through, through the perspective of storm reed's character but yeah, I, I I agree. I think this movie is yeah. really, really good. <laughs> there were definitely three or four times it was like, oh, this is what's going on. And yep. I was like, nope. Nope. <laughs> not even a little bit. Um, I yep. do want to shout out um oh, what's his name? Um Joaquim D. Al- oh, yeah. Joaquim D D Almedia. I don't know. I'm terrible sure. with names. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> uh, I love him in this movie. So good. He is the, I think for me, the standout in this movie. And like, I'm so happy for him because I feel like every other film I know him from, he's playing like an evil drug dealer. Right. You know what I mean? I think he's in the Furious franchise as that. Mm -hmm. Um, He's in Clear and Present Danger. He was in Behind Enemy Lines. Like, you know, all these things where it's just like this character. And I'm like, oh no, here's like something. I'm, I'm sure he's had things to do in his life in his career but, but like still like <laughs> but i'm like here's like a fun kind of thing where he's not kind of just i don't know where he can shine i guess is what i'm getting at totally and he was great in his role totally natural mm-hmm. like i was never not buying and that was the other thing like a movie that relies on people being almost basically real these yeah. both do such a great job of of crafting a world that feels totally plausible like maybe yeah. not a hundred percent real, but totally plausible. Um, well, and like real relationships, you yeah. know, the fact between um, June and Javi there is yeah. like, I 100% buy that relationship. And it's like uh, absurd. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like people that <laughs> met on um, not TaskRabbit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
Was it something ninja? Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Oh, I love it. I'm I'm so glad you I knew you were going to get to this. Knowing how yeah. you felt about searching, I was like, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna watch this at some point. Yeah. Um good stuff, dude. Love it. Really good. Um a, a small movie that I'm just gonna only touch on a little bit here. Uh I watched this movie called Last Sentinel that just popped up on my prime. The Prime is just feeding me these like little tiny movies. Um stars Kate Bosworth and is basically like this dystopian future where the waters have risen mm. so far that I remember seeing the trailer for this. Yeah. Yeah. Like 90% of the globe is now covered with water that there's only two continents left and they're warring factions between each other. And there are these outposts in the middle of the ocean that are just for e- either side. And the one that Kate Bosworth's character is stationed at houses like a nuclear weapon that can be used to kind of n- like neutralize a situation. Yeah. And this movie with a premise like that, because I, I read the premise and I was like, let me, I'm starting this right now. Like, how can <laughs> yeah. I not start this? It's one that's just, it just doesn't get to the point you want it to in terms of character development, in terms of story development, but it's really well made, which is such a bummer because mm. it looks good. The effects are good. The set design is amazing. It's edited really well. It's paced pretty well. It's just so hollow. Like the movie itself is just people suck. That's it. And I'm like, that's fine. There's tons of movies like that. But with a premise like this and a setup like this, this could have been, this could have been, you know, in the, in the coherence vein of like a small film sci-fi esque that just blew my mind. And at the and I I watched it very very vigorously. I was like I need to I just I need to see this thing. <laughs> yeah. And by the end I was like, well, that was a good two and a half star. Like I won't remember yeah. this movie in a year. And I just I'm like, man, I don't know what the math is on like why it didn't work or what. But these movies, I I at least like the audacity and the fact that they, someone was given the chance to do something like this, but mm-hmm. not super not super worth it. Um, in my opinion which is a bummer prime. Like they give chances to people yeah. a lot. Yeah. And sometimes it works out and sometimes you get something like this that, you know, is I a- did read a thing the other day that like, apparently prime has, I think the largest catalog of movies. That now. I buy that. Yeah. Yeah. Which is crazy. And like not even counting their, uh, their VOD ones, but right. That's, that's actually kind of astounding to me. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But yeah, last sentinel. Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> nice. Um, I was going to leave this one until next week, but I'm going to not do that. Okay. Um, this is a movie I actually literally watched this morning because I can I, like pull the muscle in my shoulder because I'm old and I woke up and it was annoying me. So oh, I was God. like, all right, I'm going to get up. Yeah. Um, so it was like six in the morning. And I was like, all right, well, I guess what do I do now <laughs> on a Tuesday watch. at six in the morning? Uh, so I put this movie on and this is a movie from 2002 called Interstate 60. Oh, that is a very unknown thing. I only know about it because it randomly popped up as like a recent watch on Letterboxd for someone that I follow. Gotcha. And I don't know what made me click on it, but I was like, all right, it's this tiny little um, road trip movie from two th- from the early 2000s. The cast is absolutely insane. Um, the It's... James Marston is the main character. And this is definitely, this movie is definitely like a masterclass in like 
let's write a script so we can have all of these people here for one or two days. Yeah. Knock out their scenes and move on. Oh my God. And all right. So here's what I'll say about this movie. It's exactly the atmosphere that you expect it to be. It feels very much like road trip or dude, where's my car or yeah. American pie kind of like, you know, your classic, like, early 2000s road trip movie. Yeah. But it has a magical element to it. Um, so Gary Oldman's in it. He plays. Uh, <laughs> so crazy. O.W. Grant. Of course um, he does. Yeah. 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 Uh, who, which stands for one wish grant. He's like a magical creature kind of thing. Sure. Um, and he basically like grants James Marsden's wish to, I don't remember specifically what it was, but it was like to figure it out or something like that. Sure. Yeah. 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 Um, and he goes down this road on this road trip. Um, he's sent on a quest by Christopher Lloyd, uh, down interstate 60, which does not exist. Um, and he meets all these characters and they're these little like vignettes. Like they don't feel like vignettes, but when you get like two ways through the two thirds of the way through the movie, you're like, these are, these are like, packaged little things and then yeah. we go down the road, which is what a lot of road trip movies are. Yeah. Um, but there is like an intangible, like charm to this movie um, mm. where it's like, it's so it's directed by Bob Gale um, who wrote uh, back to the future. Yeah. So it has a lot of that same kind of quality of writing and whatnot. It's also directed by, um, or it's written and directed by Bob Gale. And it's just, I, I can't place what it is. It's just charming. Like all of the characters that you meet are lovable. Like he visits a town where they've just created this drug called euphoria that <laughs> everyone, get, like you do it once and you get completely addicted. Yeah. Like for life and you basically throw your life away. And so they have this like group that lives there. And mm -hmm. it's like a metaphor for him, like choosing, you know, making choices of his own and it's a coming of age tale really yeah yeah of course but it's just the characters are so charming i don't know it's really really weird to kind of like to phrase but it's it's one of those things i really enjoyed it if it had been done by another director yeah i think it would have really elevated if this has brian fuller written all over it oh yeah you know it has like that weird it just needs that extra little twinge of absurdity yeah. to it. And it would have been just like five star movie kind of thing. Yeah. But it's like it, it's atmosphere is more just in that 2000s road trip movie for sure. You know, but it, yeah. it's so, oh, it's so close. I mean, I don't know. It's, I'd be really interested to see what you think of this movie. Um, yeah. yeah. Never knew this existed. Um. Yeah. I, me neither. Um, and it's like 2002, I would have been a prime candidate for this movie when it came out. So I don't know if it was just yeah. tiny or what, but I mean, James Marsden, Gary Ullman, Amy Smart, Christopher Lloyd, Chris Cooper, Michael J. Fox, like Kurt Russell, Amy, Kurt Russell, Amy Jo Johnson. It's just, weird. it's an it's insane. Wild. Now here's the thing. So Bob Gale, a classic collaborator with, Zeme with Zemeckis, what yes. if Zemeckis had directed this? Would that have been? Yes. If Zemeckis's like OCD attention to detail was attached to this, yeah. it would have elevated. I will say that about the script too, is it's one of those things that it was like, 
It's going to tell you the parts that you need to know and like, don't read deeper because there's nothing. Deeper. There's nothing there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, the, like he finds Amy smart in like this town and she's in jail. Why? We don't know. Matter. You don't need to know. Like just she's in jail. That's yeah. where she is. We're moving on. Right. You know? So it's like a really, a really, I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm not surprised that Bob Gale never really directed anything after that. Yeah. What a weird little one to just randomly come across on Letterboxd. Yeah. I, when I saw that you had logged this and I was like, I can't even, I have no idea like where this came from or, or why, um, where did you watch it on? Did you rent it? It's on, it's streaming on Peacock and Roku. Oh, <laughs> it's on Peacock. It's just there. That's like, awesome. it's just there. Like, what are you talking what about? What the hell? That's so crazy. Oh God. Well, I'm going to watch this. Definitely. Um, there's no way I don't now, especially uh, fucking Kurt Russell is in this movie. <laughs> Kurt Russell is, I think, the most of the I'm in this for one scene. Yeah. You know, he's he's the uh, sheriff in the drug oh, town. Perfect. But yeah, Kurt put make Kurt Russell the sheriff of every town and it, it just works. <laughs> I love it. That's fantastic. Oh, so, Interstate 60. Interstate 60. What a what a film. Um. I'm going to end this here with uh, the biggest movie that I watched over the last week and a half, which is Ridley Scott's Napoleon, uh, which yes. I saw on opening night, which happened to be a Tuesday because Thanksgiving, all of that jazz um, sure. stars Joaquin Phoenix as Napoleon Bonaparte um, and is not a, like a birth to death biopic, but it is like his reign from when he starts to when he ends his reign mm -hmm. of terror and is where, how do I even go about this? <laughs> this movie isn't bad because I don't think Ridley Scott, even on his worst day, makes a bad movie. There's some movies that I don't like by him, but I don't. Sure. He's still a very competent filmmaker. What I'll say is this movie just doesn't really work for the medium of a movie because what he's trying to do is way too much. And I understand it, but it mm -hmm. feels too long. And it also feels too short in the worst possible ways because you don't ah. get enough time in the areas that you want, but you get way too much time in areas that you're kind of like, why are we doing all of this when it's buttoned like up against a battle sequence? Like we don't mm -hmm. need, it just felt disjointed. And after we saw the movie, I think everyone I saw it with was kind of in agreement. Like this would have been a phenomenal five, six part miniseries on Apple Yeah, because what he's what it seems like, I don't want to put words in Ridley Scott's mouth here, but it seems <laughs> like what he's interested in are two things. The interpersonal connection between um, Joaquin Phoenix and Vanessa Kirby's Josephine, because mm -hmm. they are the, the two characters that are in this the most and you get the most time with them together. But also he wants to do his Ridley Scott thing and do massive war sequences that just yeah. blow your mind. And both of them on their own work really well but together it just feels like you're watching two or three different movies to me at least yeah and by the end i was kind of like we need to wrap this up dude like we really <laughs> need to like it's still going it felt longer than killers of the flower moon and it was mo almost a whole hour shorter um wow. which is just insane to me so it's you know it's not bad it's not in the top echelon of ridley scott movies or and definitely not on the top echelon of movies from this year but anything anything oscar wise do you think having seen i mean it maybe costume 
design, mm. you know, because it's just in set design, it looks really great. Um, but Joaquin, no bad actor. No, definitely not. Yeah. He's good, but like he did not. He's not better than anyone I've seen. You know, he he is just. Sure. And the other thing about the movie is like it's ostensibly a comedy. Like the movie is very funny. It's, it's Ridley Scott being like, look at how pathetic this guy is and how <laughs> yeah. like, dribbling, dribbling he is. So it's, it's also playing with tone of being brutal, but also being like funny. And those things kind of butt heads a little bit. Um, mm. So I don't know. It's, there's good things about it, but it's not a total success that I wanted. I wanted this movie to be like, whoa, he did it yeah, again. Yeah. And it's just to me. Yeah, it you wasn't. want it to be a gladiator or yeah. uh yeah. So, um worth seeing in worth seeing in a theater. For the war sequences, for everything else, I was kind of getting antsy. Um yeah. but but when uh, you do see the war sequences, I mean my jaw was on the floor. I was like, nobody can do this. Like he's one yeah. of one, him and James Cameron, maybe, but like this is unbelievable what's happening here. So yeah. Napoleon, um, I'm actually very curious to watch the four-hour director's cut because I'm like, maybe sure. it fills things in a little bit more, but yeah. Maybe it restores the pace that you're looking for. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, you know, it's a Ridley Scott movie. It's worth seeing, you know? It's not not worth seeing, but... 